Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Doing good? Let's try that again. How are you today? <laughs> There's always, I ask you the same question every Sunday and you get caught off guard as if you've never heard that question before. I want to make sure you're awake and you're ready, that your hearts and your spirits are ready to receive. Are you ready to receive from the Word of God today? It's important because we can settle in and we can get into this laid back posture, but we want to be in the front of our seat, right? Ready for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We're finishing our series today, Make, Make Waves, uh, on the Holy Spirit. We've had a whole journey through the summer about the Holy Spirit. Have you learned anything or enjoyed the series on the Holy Spirit over the last eight weeks? I've enjoyed it. Today I want to talk to you about God's presence. God's presence when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We know that God, the Father, is in heaven. We know Jesus is at his right hand. And so the person of the Holy Spirit, or the, of the Trinity that we experience regularly is the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, some individuals don't realize that. To them still, the Holy Spirit is something that they're not super informed about and they're not comfortable with even. They think of God the Father, God the Son, and this conversation of God the Holy Spirit's a little out on the left for them or left field for them. And I'm trying to help you see that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three are one. If you can have confidence in God the Father, if you can open your heart to God the Son, then you can open your heart to God the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be afraid of the moving of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be afraid of him moving in a service. You don't have to be afraid of him moving in your life. You don't have to be afraid of his gifts and manifestations as they come through your life. It's the same God. Is that wonderful? So you actually may be more familiar with the Holy Spirit than you think. When you've been in your car and you've experienced the presence of God, you've been in your bedroom praying, you've experienced the presence of God, you've been in a service, you've experienced the presence of God, that's the person of the Holy Spirit that you may think, oh, that's God the Father, God the Son. It is, but it's God the Holy Spirit. You may be more familiar with him than you even realize. Today, talking about the presence of God, I want to build your faith in stepping into God's presence in a very intentional, a very practical way. There's two parts of the conversation regarding the presence of God as you're taking notes that we'll discuss today. One is the omnipresence of God. Two is the manifested or felt presence of God. Are you ready? The omnipresence of God. I don't want to just talk about an experience. I don't want to just talk about feelings and the manifest presence of God. I want to remind us that God is everywhere at all times. That is important because there are times that you don't feel him, but he's still there. There are times when your flesh or your emotions are so caught up in fear or anxiety, or we're so consumed with something in the natural that we might think God is somewhere in heaven and he's far away from my need. That couldn't be further from the truth. He is your ever-present help in time of need. Whether you feel goosebumps, whether you don't feel goosebumps, whether you're aware of his presence or not, God is everywhere at all times. Open up your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Psalms, chapter 139. We're going to look at verse 7, 7 through 12, 7 through 12. Psalms 139, starting at verse 7. The psalmist writes, I can never escape from your spirit. Remember, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. 
If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. No matter where you try to run or where you try to hide, there's a lot of ways to apply that. Even when we were running from God, how many of you know you never were able to? Come on. Aren't you glad that no matter how far you ran, God is right there, just with his arms right open, waiting for us? But there are times where we might feel God is so distant, so far away, and I just want to remind us all and put faith in the fact that your feelings do not determine the truth. The reality is God is with you. In the most difficult moments of your life, God is right there. That's a promise. That's a reality. You can't run from him and darkness cannot hide you from him. The devil can't keep you from him. Your God will find you. He knows where you are. He's right where you are whenever you need him. I love that. The omnipresence of God can exist without our awareness, but the manifest presence of God cannot. I love that. You know, there are times where we're not aware that God is there for one reason or another. He's still there. Today we're going to talk about both the omnipresence and the manifest presence. And when God manifests himself, you become aware. And you may not have realized he was there, but you become aware. It reminds me of Genesis chapter 28 with Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, some of those patriarchs in the Old Testament. There was a time where Jacob was on this journey, and he went, um, and he was sleeping one night, and he was, while he was asleep, the Lord showed up to him and, and manifested himself surprisingly to him. And the Bible says in Genesis 28, 16, Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it, or I was unaware. That's similar to us sometimes, where we may be unaware that God is there, but my heart and message for you today is to become aware. Because even though Jacob was unaware, the reality was God was there. He had to wake up to the fact that God was there. That's what we're discussing right now. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you need right now. I don't know how you feel. But I want to make you aware that God is among you. God is in you. God is with you. He is not somewhere far away, hard to get his attention. You have his complete focus. All of us individually, it's amazing. It's mind-blowing to imagine that God can be consumed with running the universe, consumed with mankind, but yet still know the number of hairs on your head, still know what's going on in your life. We may not be aware that he's there, so today my heart is you become aware of the reality of his presence right where you are, wherever you are. And wherever his presence is, the fullness of who he is is there. His presence is not separate from him, which means his love is there, his blessing is there, his ability is there, his power is there, his joy is there. Are you understanding this? Your God is there. We may just need to wake up to the reality that he is there. The manifest presence of God, the tangible, felt, heard, experienced presence of God. Let's talk about that a little bit. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. 
Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. In the Garden of Eden, way back in the garden, Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. Again, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is the joy at his right hand at that moment, helping him in creation. We know God the Holy Spirit was prevalent on the water. When God spoke, the Spirit hovered and created that which God said. So we already have identified that the part of the Godhead that was present on the earth is the Holy Spirit. And so in this moment, in the King James Version, it says they heard the voice of God, which we know throughout Scripture, the voice of God being the speaking voice of God, the person of the Holy Spirit, even the voice of God through your life as you prophesy, as you speak in tongues, as he would come upon a prophet and they would begin to communicate future things. It was the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. The person of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God was walking in the garden. They heard the sound, the voice of God of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. The Holy Spirit and his presence came into that garden and Adam and Eve had sinned. They had violated God's law and they had, the glory had fallen off of them. They had fallen from the glory and now they ran from the presence of God. I am so grateful that today, my friend, you don't have to run from the presence of God. That we get to run towards the presence of God, even when we sin, because Jesus has become the offering for our sin. He has atoned and covered and forgiven us of our sin. So when that presence of God begins to move and manifest in a tangible way, when the voice of God begins to walk in your house or in a, in a space or in your life, you don't have to run from his presence. Even today, as I talk about the manifested presence of God, please do not let the devil come into your mind and make you feel unworthy. None of us were worthy. And in that presence of God, you will find the breakthrough and the resolution and the peace and the freedom that you so desperately seek. When we need God the most, why is it that our, our, our flesh wants to run from him the most? But when God's presence fills a place, so when God's presence is tangible, you are welcome through the blood of Jesus. This may take faith on your part. You are welcome through the blood of Jesus to stay in that place and to press into that place and to let God speak to you in that place. Too many times when God starts to move in a service or God starts to even move upon your heart, that, that nature of, of, of flight still kicks in. And I'm telling you, don't let your flesh run you off from the presence of God. Amen. Let's talk about other places where God's presence was tangible and manifest. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13 through 14. When they were dedicating the temple, they sacrificed thousands of lambs and offerings and they were worshiping together. In Chronicles chapter 5, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, 13, 14, the trumpeters, the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments. And they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good, he is faithful, and his love endures forever. I want you to know something in scripture that there is a key, there is a theme when people come together in unity and they begin to declare the goodness of God, the presence of God fills that place. I want you to know that. That that tangible expression of manifest presence, there's something about us 
consciously declaring, for you are good and your mercy endures forever, that God responds to. Do you know that's what they're doing in heaven? That the cherubims and the angels and the, and the creatures in heaven and the, the elders in heaven as they surround the throne, they're praising the lamb for who he is. They're praising God for who he is, his amazing work, his goodness and his faithfulness. Amen. Let me give you the purpose for that key. If you're ever in need of the presence to manifest, stop complaining, stop speaking fear, and start bragging on God and his faithfulness, and you watch the presence of God roll into the bedroom, roll into the car, roll into the hospital room. Yes, the omnipresence of God is everywhere at all times. But you know what, there's times we kind of want God to show up in a tangible way. We've been, we were given feelings and a body to experience this realm, and there are things that God has given us clues and keys that he has given us as weapons and tools so that in our moment where our heart is broken or our body is frail or sick or not feeling well, that we can step into a tangible experience in presence of God. We're not, not, not trying to make you experience chasers, but the presence of God is a gift. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you why. Because the presence of God, that tangible manifest presence of God is instantaneous, can happen in a moment, and especially while you're waiting for the fulfillment of a promise. Promises may take time, but the presence of God can happen at any moment. You can step into a presence of God which can then encourage you, sustain you, hold you, while you wait for the fulfillment of a promise. Did you understand what I said? There's appointed times for promises. There's even enemy strategy to oppose promise and some spiritual warfare sometime that has to occur, occur while you're fighting for a promise. There are different reasons and things that happen from receiving a promise and seeing the manifestation of a promise. And during that journey, your emotions can go like this where you feel, I'm so alone. No, you're not alone. The reality is God is with you. If you want to experience God being with you, then step out of your talking about feeling alone and step into, you are good, your mercy endures forever, you are faithful among all generations, you are wonderful, counselor, mighty God, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, there he is, I am now aware of his presence that is with me, he will never leave me, he will never forsake me. Do you understand the value of this message? Praise God. So after they were talking and singing about his goodness and his faithfulness, the Bible says at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of that cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. They literally had to stop what they were doing because the presence of God became so tangible in that moment, there was such a weightiness of it that they couldn't even do their, their, their duties in the church, in the house of God. They had to just stop. Have you ever been in a service before where everything just stopped because it was like God just showed up in the room? Some of our young people have never experienced that. 
Some of us who are new to church haven't experienced that. Some of us haven't experienced that for 10, 15, 20 years. But you know, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A lot of it has to do with us getting into that place of unity and focusing on Him, getting our eyes off of all of our own differences, our own opinions and whatever, and start to just glorify God in the sanctuary. Just glorify God, put aside our opinions and our preferences, and all of us come into agreement that we can just love the Lord and that we're here for the Lord. And there's just this sense of the weight of God's presence in a place. God's presence manifests in many different ways throughout the Bible. There are clouds. You can see clouds that roll in. You can see the cloud of God's presence guiding Israel um, during the day through the wilderness. There was fire. God's presence would come as a fire of tongue upon them as they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He would guide them, the children of Israel, at night through a pillar of fire. God's presence would manifest as fire, as wind or a breeze or something like that. The presence of God would, would move through a place or would, would move as a wind or a breeze. Glory, that glory, feeling of glory or the, 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 the light of glory might appear. God's presence throughout the scripture would appear like that. Then you'd have the felt presence of God, which we're kind of, we were just talking about a little bit in that place. But also God's presence appeared or manifest in Jesus. I'm kind of going back and forth here, kind of talking to you about experiential, but I don't want to get us so off the side where it's all what you feel. God's presence is wrapped up in the person of Jesus. All of God is in Jesus. And when Jesus showed up into a house or Jesus showed up into a situation, God's presence showed up into that house. God's presence showed up into that situation and manifested his will in that situation. But I'm also gonna remind us that God's spirit, because God's presence is God's spirit manifest, right? Is in you. Amen. Which means when you show up, you bring God's spirit which is God's presence, which is why it's so important that we sit at the bedside of someone in the hospital, which is why it's important when someone has a loss in their life, a divorce, someone walks out on them, tragedy strikes, that you, the believer, are knocking on the door and you're coming in, why? Because when you come in, you're bringing God's presence. You're bringing God's spirit. You're bringing God's presence. You say, I don't feel the cloud. I don't feel the fire. I don't feel the glory, but you carry the presence. And sometimes you don't even realize the presence you carry. You step into a, con a contentious turmoil situation, even in the boardroom of a business, but you, the spirit-filled believer, you walk in and you begin to speak and it's like peace settles on that boardroom. It's like wisdom and strategy just begin to come. That's the presence of God that you carry. Amen. Write some of these scriptures down. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Just write it down, look it up later. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 4, verse 23. John chapter 4, 14, sorry. John chapter 14, verse 23. And then finally, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. All three of these, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. All three of these talk about you being filled with the Spirit you being the temple of God's spirit, that God the Father, God the Son come and dwell in you. You are a carrier of the presence of God. 
You are a carrier because the presence of God is the Spirit of God. Whether you feel it or not, you carry God's presence. Amen? You carry it. He's not there one day and gone the next. You carry God's presence. You carry God's presence. I wanted to clarify that God's presence is available to all and at all times and everywhere, whether we feel him or not, God's omnipresence. I wanted to bring awareness that his presence is not just a feeling or an experience. We carry his presence, his spirit in us. You really are valuable when you step into somebody's hurting world. You really are. And it's not even just what you have to say. You know, when you do some training for um, hospital visits, a lot of times in a chaplaincy or something, they'll talk to you about the power of just being present, just sitting in that room. Sometimes we think we have to do all this talking. You just gotta show up. Just show up and just be there and you'll be amazed at how much healing and how much of God's presence you bring into that traumatic situation. Finally today, I wanna build your faith in that manifested presence, his felt presence. It's important to me. I I wanted to balance it because I don't want us to become a church that's just looking for clouds and fire, and especially not fire. We're having a fire safety meeting after service, so it's not fire. I thought it was funny. I thought it was appropriate. It was, could have been funny. Thank you. Thank you for the little organ, token organ thing. Listen, you do get people who they're so chasing the presence of God in a tangible, manifested way, they completely disregard the presence they carry. And they're also immature to the fact that God is there whether they feel him or not. I do not want to build a church like that. You will be aware of God whether you feel him or not. Someone say amen. Amen. God is everywhere at all times. You cannot run from him. You can go to the highest mountain. You can go to the deepest sea. You can go to the depths of hell. God is there. Praise God that he goes into the depths of hell because he'll go with you and he'll walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. And you don't have to fear any evil. Why? Because he, his presence is with you. Amen. Amen. And so I want a mature church. We're building a mature church that whether or not you feel God, you are confident he is there. But I also want you to be aware that you are a carrier of God and you bring the presence whether you feel anointed or not. Some of the times that God has needed me to step into a difficult situation, I have not felt anointed. I have not felt spirit-filled. I have felt anger-filled. I have felt failure-filled or anxious-filled. Anyone? And yet God doesn't wait for my feelings to go away because someone somewhere needs the body of Christ right now. And so you better know how to set a feeling aside and to go in and to say whether I feel it or not, I am bringing the presence of God. I am the temple of God. I am filled with the Spirit of God. And I am not moved by what I feel. This is my assignment. This is what God has called me to do. My neighbor, my child, my family member needs the presence of God. They need the Spirit of God in this situation. And I am being sent by God into it. And I will not wait to feel like it. Amen. But I don't want to gloss over or ignore 
the reality of services and the body of Christ gathering and the anointing of God filling a place in a tangible expression that is felt and is miraculous and is beautiful. And in that presence of God, where we learn how to listen, how to wait on God, how to let the anointing of God work on us. Sometimes we, we get so transactional in church. It's like, give me the song, give me the word, close the service, here's my receipt, I'm leaving. Listen, this is a spiritual dynamic. This is something that there's an anointing. You know what anointing means? Anointing means to pour over. It means to smear on and rub it in two. Yeah. Are you catching that? Y'all want to be anointed by God? You want an anointed service sometimes, right? It's going to take you letting something pour all over you. It's going to take you letting something smear all over you and letting God's hands get on you and massage it into your soul. And that may not be 15 minutes. You may need to lay up here on the altar and let the Holy Spirit massage that word into your heart, into your mind, to let it sink in and you absorb what God is saying to you. It's not a transaction. Give me the information. I'm taking notes. I'm done. Service is over. I'm done. Goodbye. Let the anointing work on you. Let the presence of God rest on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's where we're headed. That's, that's church. That's church. Amen. And so I want us to start becoming aware of the move of God in our midst and respecting it and saying, ooh, God's doing something right now. He's doing something right now in this service. It's exciting. I wonder what he's about to do. And then you get into it because you can be like Jacob and be right in the middle of God's presence and you are unaware and you leave this place unchanged. But those that become aware can begin to open up to it, can begin to receive, can begin to let God manifest himself in a very tangible way in that service. Benefits of the presence of God, of the felt presence of God, of God's presence in your life and giving him time and space in your life. Acts chapter three, verse 19. The apostle says, therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What if we just let God's presence just refresh you for a little while? You know, the work week can get pretty taxing, can get pretty draining. You can all have all kinds of concerns with bills, all kinds of concerns with what's going on around you in the world and your family, who knows what. But in his presence, there is refreshing. His presence shouldn't be irksome, shouldn't be burdensome. There should be something in us that says, I want to go get into that presence. Because if I can get into that presence, I'm going to be refreshed. Amen. There is a refreshing of the spirit that goes far beyond just taking a nap. You know, you can wake up from a nap and still be spiritually drained. 
You can go on vacation. You could go to the beach and still come back. And if your soul's burdens haven't been removed, if that spirit refreshing hasn't happened, that vacation in the natural can't do it all. Are you understanding this? Vacations are great. God bless vacations. But there is something even one minute to five, ten minutes in the presence of God can refresh you in such a way that a week of vacation couldn't have done it. But the life of God was replenished back into you. Are you understanding that? Something of God is refreshing you from the inside out. Though your body may be weary, your spirit man is full and full of life. Psalm 1611, in the presence, you will make known the path of life in your presence, O God, is fullness of joy. There's a fullness of joy. I love this concept of God's joy, that we can get into his presence and whatever was grieving, whatever was tormenting, whatever it was, that doesn't even have to be fixed, but I can still find a supernatural joy and God can put his joy and flow it into my life and let him massage it into my heart, let him massage it into my spirit as I let myself experience and be in his presence. His presence sustains us as we wait for the promise. When we are at his, when, when we are in his tangible presence, his felt presence, I want to challenge us a couple, in a couple things. The Bible gives us a few directives when you find yourself in kind of a presence of God moment. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says, as you enter the house of God, Keep your ears open and your mouth shut. That's powerful. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises. Don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven. You are on the earth. So let your words be few. When God's presence begins to manifest itself in a service or in a place, there's something that we've forgotten about, and that's just sitting and being quiet let my words be few. Just sitting in the presence of God. That's what's so beautiful. It's, it's you're in his presence and he can do and say what's on his mind. I heard it said one time, why do we who know nothing do all the talking to the one who knows everything? Why do we who know nothing do all the talking to the one who knows everything? Young person, high schooler, college student, young married, whoever you are, if you've never been in a place where God's presence was just present, I want to encourage you to, to try something. I want to encourage you to get into, the, get into the altar at that moment and to just sit there and let God speak. Let him speak. Because he will say stuff to you that will set you free he will speak future to you. He will speak to your identity and help you in your identity. He can speak the word of healing to you. Let God speak. We're so, in such a hurry. We come in and, and teaching is appropriate. Praise God, our singing is appropriate. All that's part of our time with God. But then these times where we come and we just let ourselves be in God's presence and let the all-knowing one speak. And whatever he says, how many of you know, whatever he says comes to pass. 
It's created. Let him speak. Let him do more talking. Amen. James 4, chapter, or verse 10, humble yourself in the presence of God and he will exalt you. How do we do that in the presence of God? We start listening and we open ourselves up and say, God, just do and say whatever you want. That's, to me, that's the most practical way to humble myself in the presence of God. Humbling myself isn't I'm unworthy, I'm not good enough, all these things, because Jesus has made us worthy. And us sitting there having this groveling thing isn't humility. And you're actually speaking against the very work of Jesus in your life. Being humble before God is saying, you're God, I'm not. I open myself, I humble myself to listen and obey. I humble myself to pause, to not put you on my timeline, but to be here in your timeline, to be here with you. That's humbling yourself. And whatever you say, Lord, I say yes. I say yes. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. Did you catch that? Stepping into his tangible presence. So what are some tangible, what are some things that people have done in scripture that step into his presence? Well, I showed you the one in Chronicles where they started to praise him for his goodness intentionally. And when they praised him for his goodness, his presence rolled in, praise God. Another example would be Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was Elijah's servant who then took on the ministry assignment of Elijah. Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15, Elisha replied, he says, now bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. There is something about intentionally flipping on some worship music. Are you understanding this? This sounds so practical, but even Elisha anointed so powerfully, he knew how to step into that presence. He needed some answers. He needed some wisdom. He needed God to talk to him. And so he went and put on some worship music, heart players. And he went and got alone with God. And he knew in that environment, he would rest, he would listen, and God would show. Amen? You can do this. Some of us have forgotten. We used to do this. And as we've gotten older, or maybe our problems have gotten in our mind bigger. Remember when you were in junior high, your problem in junior high felt pretty big. Your God is still bigger than all of it. Amen. Elisha went and put on some music and stepped into the presence of God. And the presence and hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Now, this is kind of a, this shows you the power of worship, the power of, of, of music but kind of from a different perspective, King Saul. King Saul began rebelling against God, and in doing so, he stepped out of God's blessing into the judgment of God in the Old Testament. And so these tormenting spirits, because of his disobedience, would begin to torment him and provoke him. But look what would happen when he would call David in. And whenever the tormenting spirits from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Saul would then feel better. The tormenting spirits would go away. Music is extremely powerful. And the ability to utilize it to step into the presence of God is patterned all throughout Scripture. 
For some of you, the, that torment that you've been experiencing, go put on some worship music and sit in the presence of God. Amen. And I love the example of just Mary, just sitting. Mary in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, you got Mary and Martha. Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet. Just sitting at Jesus' feet, receiving, letting his presence minister to her. Church, this, this is our culture. This is who we are. This is what we do. I remember Maria growing up in high school. I met her. Um, she was a freshman, and I was a junior in high school. And one of the things that I remembered about her that was just exciting for me because I loved the Lord was her heart to just sit in the presence of God. And we were a part of this big youth revival at the time, like a thousand kids in a youth group, and our small groups were like 50 teenagers in a small group. And her small group used to meet on the church sanctuary stage like this, and there would be a piano. And she would spend hours just sitting, like that youth group, that small group would spend hours they would start at 7 and it would be like 9, 9.30 and their parents are waiting outside like honking the horn for their kids. But the kids were all laid out before God in the presence of God. And Maria used to sit there just with her, her legs crossed up on the platform and she would just sit there for hours and just close her eyes and just let the presence of God and that worship time just begin to mold and shape her, speak to her. And I was thinking in this message while I was preparing for this message, during that same time when I graduated high school, I went into a ministry program. And again, there was this youth revival that was, was breaking out. And I would go into our prayer room. It was called the vineyard room back then. There was all these like grapevines painted on the wall. And I would begin playing just, you know, a, a CD. Remember CDs? I used to play a CD. And I remember just playing Brownsville revival music. Anyone remember Brownsville revival music, anybody? Yeah? And I would just lay out before God, turning the lights off, and I would just lay out before God. And I would just let God do whatever he wanted to do on me. Why do I bring that up? Because I believe that things that we're doing now are still rooted back to us just letting God speak to us, shape us, build our heart, build our vision of him, give us expectation of what we wanna see in the church and in the body of Christ. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But where's the generation now that'll just sit like Mary at Jesus's feet and not look for just transactions with Jesus, but just to be with him and say, whatever you wanna say, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to let you talk to me. I just wanna be in your presence. And creating a church with that culture of saying, God, I just want to be in your presence. What happens in that presence? Fullness of joy is in that presence. Healing happens in those places of God's presence. Creativity. I want to bring you back to the, to the Genesis chapter 1. When the Holy Spirit is hovering in a room, when the Holy Spirit is hovering over a person at an altar, the creative spirit of God is hovering over you. 
and he can drop into you ideas and inventions and answers and solutions that are far beyond what you could have asked, thought, or imagined. Because you're open. Remember what I said? Being in that space is being open and humble, saying, God, I'm open, I'm ready, I'm listening. And God can give you full-blown plans and strategies and just drop them into you because you just opened up and sat in his presence. Communion happens in his presence. Communication is communion. You where God is speaking to you. And, and yes, you are sharing a few things, but you're doing a whole lot of listening. A whole lot of listening. And I love this one. Encouragement. Encouragement. Where God, I love the, I love the definition of encouragement. He, encouragement is putting courage in. Putting courage in. In courage. In courage. And when you're in his presence, whatever you're about to walk into, God can put courage into you, courage into you, encourage you for what you're about to walk out of these doors and go face. The worship team has some music and some songs I've asked them to prepare, but here's what we're going to do. I want you to stand because I'm going to ask you to do something by faith as we close today. I want us, please, the service is not over. We're going to sit in God's presence. We're going to worship him and be with him and let him speak to us. Go ahead and stand. Go ahead. Put your stuff away. I want you to find a place and imagine yourself like Mary at the feet of Jesus. You can find yourself as place over here, at the altars here, over here. You can turn, find a place at your seat. If you can't kneel, then you just need to sit. That's fine. But I, wanna, I would encourage you to find some sort of position that's different than you'll just kind of average go into. I want us to challenge ourselves a little bit and find some space. So why don't you go ahead and make a space. Go ahead and come on down. If you're going to come down, let's just get ready. I want us to get ready just to sit in God's presence. And I want us to be open and ready to hear what God has to say and what that creative Holy Spirit presence is going to do as he pours himself upon you and speaks to you and ministers his anointing and spirit to you. They're going to sing just a couple of songs and just take your time. You might want to like I said, find a space here, find a space at your seat, but let's just get ready. Let's just get ready. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just be, just be. That's the name of this song, just be. I don't want you to have to push. I don't want you to have to sit there and talk. I don't want you to have to sit there and try to fix it all. I just want us to be in his presence and let his spirit minister to us.
Nothing else can take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace Help me find a way Bring me back to you
know you are near. Praise you, Jesus. Help me know you are near. Jesus, in this special presence right now, I ask that you would bring refreshing, like you said, refreshing. I ask that you would bring fullness of joy. I ask that you would cease any tormenting attack that has been plaguing someone's life. And in this moment, those spirits that have been set against them are defeated and cast them away in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that in this moment in your presence, you would pour courage into their heart. There are people in this room and they just need some courage right now because you've asked them to do some pretty big things. You've asked them to take some pretty big steps. And I'm asking you to put courage into them. Lord, I'm praying for healing in this room. Physical bodies being touched, minds, being restored, memories being restored, blood being healed, backs, legs, organs, immune systems being healed. Lord, in Jesus' name, in your presence, we thank you for your power that accompanies your presence. Lord, I thank you for creative ideas and communication. That God, in this moment, in this place, you begin to untie difficult, complicated, problems and you just map it out. You just show them right now what they've been asking for, what they've been needing, God, in your presence, that you just give them the solution. Give them the breakthrough. Jesus, I ask. Lord, I pray that they would hear you speak to them about them and their identity, how you see them, how you love them, that they have a hope and a future. You will never leave them. You will never forsake them, that you are on the case. You're working. You are for them, not against them. God, may they hear you shape their belief system in this moment. May your voice be the greatest above all others in this moment. God, help us as a church to be a church that carries your presence, but also may we be a church that knows how to pause and enjoy the presence of God. Lord, there should be something different about us gathering in this room than just going to a concert somewhere. There is something of God that's tangible, and when people come in, they sense it, and they know that there is something about this group, something about this place. And Lord, we just give you thanks that it lifts up Jesus, that it exalts Jesus. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence, and that it's immediate, it's here, it's with us, always with us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Before I dismiss you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in this moment, in this atmosphere, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him. You say, Pastor Kevin, I don't remember a time that I've asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Let's do that today. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift, but it must be received through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let that assure you today that if you call on him today, you will be saved, forgiven of your sins, but also saved into his family. It's not just about being forgiven, it's about being adopted into his family. 
And so today, if you say, Pastor Kevin, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus or to rededicate my life to Jesus, then I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. If everyone could just bow your head and close your eyes, you can even stay kneeling, that's fine. Stay sitting, it's not a problem. But I wanna give you an opportunity, everyone bow your heads, close your eyes for a minute, and you say, Pastor Kevin, I need to get right with Jesus. When I count to three, just raise your hand and we'll pray for you wherever you are, ready? One, two, three, if that's you, would you raise your hand today? I need to get right with Jesus, just raise your hand. Just put it up so we can see it. There's a hand in the back, thank you. Anybody else today? Up front, right here in the front, praise God. Anybody else today? I need to get right with Jesus. There's another hand back there, thank you. Anybody else today? All right, church, there's another hand there. Thank you very much, I see that hand. Let's all pray together, would you, so they're not praying by themselves? Repeat this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me, that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. Be my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.